Hello, TVG3 listeners, and welcome back to yet another episode of This Brown Girl's Guide to Succeeding in Grad School. feel like I need to shorten that title, but hey yo, it's already there. I can't do much about it at this point, so y'all gonna have to deal with it. Okay, so um, today's episode, I think, is going to be really interesting, um, <laughs> she says about all of her episodes. No, but really, I um, picked this one out and I chose to um, add an extra episode tonight. I actually was going to release episode eight um, a couple of weeks from now, but I something came up that I think is really important to begin to start to channel into this podcast. And um, I think this is a really good opportunity to share it. Um, yeah. So uh, last week I decided to drive all the way out to Davis to meet up with one of my best friends, um, most wonderful human being and basically like my doppelganger. Um, and she and I went for this beautiful hike and we saw bald eagles and otters and cows and crows and plovers and pipers and American coots and all kinds of beautiful creatures. And along the walk, we're both academics. And one of the things that came up for us was just the idea that in academia, and I, I suppose you can make this argument for in the world, but like if we just zoom in academia, there's no like handbook or policies on, you know, how to behave in academia. And you may be thinking, um, sure, like question mark, but what I mean by that is there are so many um, ethical decisions that need to be made in this field, whether that's authorship or field work, um, you know, work distribution, labor distribution, credit for those kinds of things, funding and who to pay and who's a volunteer and who's an employee and um, okay, like co-authorship, like, um, you know, dealing with conflicts and co-authorship, dealing with an advisor, dealing with challenges. There's like so many ethical things that come up, um, data, like, you know, the right data or stealing data or proprietary information. There's like intellectual property, you know, there's, I could just keep going and I kind of have to cut myself off because there's so many moral, ethical situations. They're not always dilemmas. They're just situations in academia, right? And so we were talking about this and I kind of just asked her like, how do you navigate that? Because she's about to get her doctorate and move on to the most incredible things in this space of work. And um, I think the friends that I have found that I have stuck to in academia are some of the most integral people I've also ever met in academia. And in one way, that's absolutely wonderful. And then in other ways, it makes me think, well, like, how come they have to make an individual choice to be that way. And then I see so many, you know, so many energies in academia that are not that way. Um, and it's like a puzzlement. And more than anything, I just feel like, you know, puzzlement or not, there needs to be some reflection on it. And so I'm hoping this episode will be a short episode of reflection on character in academia and really when we speak to character you know we're including things like morality integrity um you know 
um, honestly, just mostly integrity, you know, to the work that is um, being conducted and to the people that you uh, share that environment with. Um, recently, as soon as I, you know, a few days later after my friend and I chatted, I she shared with me this paper that was just released a few days ago. Um, and the person writing it is Daniel Hayden's lead author um, about their um, late, now late uh, advisor, Eric Pianca. And I love the paper itself, but I wanted to focus on Daniel Hayden's um, tweet when, when they posted it because uh, they said, writing my PhD supervisor's obituary makes clear the enduring importance of character over academic record. Someone else will probably do our science sooner or later, but character is everything. And then they end with, I am fortunate to have known Eric Pianca. Um, I don't want to spend the episode reading parts of the obituary itself because it's, um, um, it's online and available and lovely, but also because Daniel really sums it up here uh, when he says, you know, the importance of character over academic record. Um, it reminds me of a theme that in society, I think we um, have asked ourselves in different situations. Um, and I think it shows up in academia as well. Uh, James Frode once said that, you know, you cannot dream yourself into a character. You must hammer and forge yourself one. And I think that's really powerful uh, because in academia, we're, you know, in, in our whole lives, we're taught all of the subjects. Now we have coding classes and stats for three-year-olds and, you know, all these different, excuse me, all these different things exist out there. Um, you know, language classes and all the different languages you can possibly think about and um, tons of extracurricular things and so many online resources and so many personal growth things. But I still think that, you know, I, I, I'm not proposing a class on integrity, but I do believe that character and integrity are often left up to people <laughs> on their own to figure it out, to decide who they want to be. And I think that's absolutely great. Like, of course we should decide who we want to be. I also think that with absolutely no checkpoints or check marks in place either, in a system like academia, where so many moral and ethical and integrity decisions have, integrity-based decisions have to be made, it can be challenging when people take advantage of that system. And that goes both ways. That's not just like, you know, grad student to grad student fighting over authorship. That can go to a power dy dynamic of an advisor and a, and a grad student. That can be an advisor and a postdoctoral scholar. That can be an advisor and an advisor. That can be the department and a grad student. Um, kind of like the strikes going on with the UCs right now. That's a power dynamic. And at the end of the day, there is an integrity issue when it comes to paying students who are the face of the work of the university equitably. So, you know, I think that this is a topic that I just wanted to reflect on and say that um, in starting with things like co-authorship, right? 
Um, if folks ever have, if folks listening to this have this question of, okay, when do I include um, someone on a paper? How do I know what the integral decision is? Um, I think there are, you know, very, so many opinions on this, but I'll share my perspective, which is the way that I do it is if someone has, so I have open conversations right off the bat with folks when I get involved with projects. So if I'm initiating a project, um, then I'll, you know, I'll lay the groundwork and say, Hey, this is what it would look like for you to be a co-author. This is what it would look like for you to be like a first, second or third author or a co-first author, or maybe you want to lead this project. So I can determine that. If someone else is proposing a project to me, then obviously I allow them to decide what that authorship looks like. But the point is, one of the first ways to address the integrity of authorship is to have that conversation in the beginning of a project. So I'm not going to be able to offer like the perfect moral person because we all think that that is, we all have different ideas of what that is. But I'll try to break this down into these concrete, um, you know, slices of academia. So I have authorship conversations in the beginning. Now, sometimes what happens is, you know, a senior person, especially in your first few years of your PhD, you're going to be approached with all kinds of projects, or you're going to go to someone interested in a, you're going to go to someone with an interest in a project. um, And therefore, that makes you feel like what it makes you feel less senior, right? You're probably the, the junior person in the room is sort of what it might feel like, especially if you're a younger, like in your first or first to third year of your PhD or um, first year of your master's. Um, I think what's important here is to remember that if the person who's senior to you in the space, it does not bring up the authorship question that you feel full freedom to bring it up. I was never told this. And so for many projects where my machine learning skills came in handy, people really wanted me for those, but didn't support me in the authorship conversation. And I was way too afraid to have it because I was a first year and a second year and I didn't want to bring that up. I didn't want to seem like I was, you know, so um, opportunistic or, but that's the thing. I mean, opportunism is not parasitism. It's opportunism. It's like you're looking for, I don't know if I just made up the word, but like a word, but you're looking for a chance to make sure that just as much as you're passionate about the work, you're also being given deserved credit for it. And for some reason, a lot of academics, especially first gen or folks who have been historically, you know, told to be grateful for crumbs or for a spot at the table, kind of also forget that they can have those conversations. So I just want to throw that out there as the one of the first ways to start to address this massive topic of character in academia, character in science, character over science. Now, there's also the flip side of that, right, which is that um, you have a project. So now kind of flipping more to your senior years of your degree uh, and you're trying to find people to collaborate with. Uh, So I think that, you know, as a scientist, we have a role not just as the academic or the smart person in the room, but also the emotionally 
tuned in person in the room. And that's a lot to ask of one human when we're not even taught that. So I'm hoping that, you know, this is a platform for, this is an episode for us to sort of just start to think about these things that, that nobody tells us. Like I, you know, apart from these few conversations that I have with my friends, I, or colleagues, I don't have any conversations with faculty or, um, you know, big groups in academia about this. And I don't really see this conversation happening anywhere. So part of the episode today uh, that I'm keeping really short, actually, is just to like throw out this concept of character in science and character over science. And so like that's the, the recurring theme of this episode, because I just want to plant that seed before we can dive into it in, in future episodes. But going back, right, so then there's the part where you bring up a project. So um, I mentioned this earlier, but I just want to repeat, it's important that therefore it becomes your initiative, your responsibility to bring up things like co-authorship in the beginning, especially if you're working with, I mean, if you're working with anyone, but it also if you're working with like a, a junior student who, you know, what was probably going to, is probably going to be where you once were, which is afraid to ask these kinds of things um, and to ensure that we don't, you know, we, we check ourselves on taking advantage of uh, free labor in science, another big problem um, in academia. Uh, and, you know, just that includes undergraduates, that includes field workers, that includes these folks that because they're not the academic, because they don't have, they're not going for the degree, because they don't have the title, they are treated differently. And that's another problem within academia. So now we're shifting to that problem. So this is, you know, point number three, which is just sort of this concept of who gets recognition in academia? My take on it is, my hot take on it, is basically, it, it is very late, so you gotta give me some room on these jokes. Um, my take is that anyone who contributes a significant amount to a project deserves to be on that project. That, now usually the way, you know, this happens, let's take like a field project where um, I go to the field, I have a bunch of folks who are helping me out there because obviously it is dangerous, there are risks, I need a buddy, like literally by legal standards um, with my university, I need to go with someone in the field. Um, so let's say that I go to the field and I'm relying on these people who know the land very well, they've worked with the species I'm working with, and I am, you know, they know much more than I do, but I'm the scientist, I'm the academic, so I walk in there, we design a whole project together, um, I write up this paper and then I put them in the acknowledgements. They've done all the work, they've brought me all the samples, they've shown me the locations, they've provided me that land-based knowledge that I wouldn't have just known. Um, and most of the time what we do is we take, and then let's say I had undergrads that were helping me um, and they did a ton of processing work that saved me tons of hours. This is a very standard case study. So I'm actually, I'm not really making anything up. I'm providing a very standard case study, which happens so often in academia. Um, and then what's end, what ends up happening is I can just throw all their names into the acknowledgments section on a paper. The acknowledgments section on, on a paper is like one of the last sections on a peer-reviewed scientific publication where you basically can point out all the people who contributed in some smaller way to your project. However, if we think about 
you know, the folks, uh, the co-authors versus the acknowledgements. Can we really say that we did the project, that the project would have gone successfully without the people who taught us things that would have taken us years to learn, without the undergraduates who spent hundreds of hours doing something we would have had to do, right? I'm just posing these questions because I think it is incredibly vital to reflect on them as we make decisions and turn into the future generation of scientists and academics. So for me, what I do is anyone who has seriously, like anyone whom I saved me a chunk of time or I couldn't have done without, like they are authors. One thing about authorship in academia, everyone's going to have different experiences. Some of you are going to walk in and have great collaborations. People share work. People are fair about it. That I hope that for you. And that is awesome. And then other times we're going to have experiences where folks are sort of like there's a there's a stiffness around that conversation. There is a tension around that conversation. There is no conversation around authorship. It can be one of these many options. (laughs) Um, And if anything, I think there is a stinginess towards like, oh, we can't have too many authors on this paper. So we can't include the, the, you know, eight people who helped us in the field and the three undergraduates, because then that makes 15 authors. And then this paper is too crowded. At the end of the day, I think what I want to leave you with in this episode is coming back to the science and to why we do it. Do we do the science so that our name is plastered all over the place? I mean, it's very cool to have your name on a first author paper, on a second author, whatever, to just see your name on a paper is super cool. To see your name contributing to the field of science is a very powerful feeling. But to make your science about that, I struggle with that concept. And I struggle with that because I feel like that's when the, it doesn't even become about character or science. And maybe it becomes mostly about lack of, you know, integral character, where at this point, we're sort of like a lot more focused on, you know, the aesthetic or the appearance of our work or making sure that not too many people can benefit from the work. Because if you put them on the paper, if you put an undergraduate on a paper or a stakeholder on a paper, they're probably going to benefit a lot because they're not the ones... Who, ha- who is, you know, currently in the academic path you are in with all of those resources and support and the, 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 um, the encouragement and requirement to publish papers. So I think I'm not sure, you know, how much sense this makes because it's a very complicated topic. But I what I'm trying to point out here is that I think it's always a good thing to check back in with ourselves on why we're doing the science when these conversations arise, when these integrity-based questions come up for us in the field. So I think there's a lot more to be said about this topic. I'm going to leave it at this for tonight, and I'm going to talk a lot more about it in the future. I wanted to plant this seed, provide some thoughts, and leave you with the question of character versus science, or character over science. I hope you all enjoyed this short little snippet. It was a pleasure to speak on it. It's a topic I care a lot about. Uh, I really want to hear your thoughts. 
Um, and there will be more to come. And thank you all so much for the support. I love you. I appreciate you. I love doing this for you. I love doing this for, for all of us. Um, and I look forward to hearing your thoughts on this episode. All right, everyone. Have a great day or night or afternoon or evening. <laughs> thank you so much for listening to today's episode of This Brown Girl's Guide. To follow us, please find us on Spotify and on Apple Podcasts with the same title. You are also welcome to email us with questions and ideas at thisbrowng3, the number three, at gmail.com. Thank you.